And welcome back to another episode of Ladies First. I am Corey. Forgive my mild congestion. Uh, we're just going to power through it. And I am back with Sahar. Hello. Mind my throat because I can't drink water. So if I go out, that's why. <laughs> we're going to power through this anyways because we love you guys. <laughs> Um, Elizabeth is still on vacation, but she should be back for the next episode. But for now, you still have myself and Sahar, and we're going to do a little bit more of a positive episode uh, this time around. I know we've had some more, how do you say, critical episodes of the past. Not necessarily, like, bad critical, but mm-hmm. analytical critical, maybe? Yeah. yeah. But we're in Pride! Yay, happy Pride! So we thought we'd do something more positive this time around, and this stemmed from Sahar and I kind of talking about all of our favorite, you know, WLW shows, and then we started taking stock of, well, how many are there, and then we actually started researching, and it's like, holy crap balls, there are a lot of shows on right now with at least one significant WLW character to the point where I hadn't even heard of all of them. And I can't even believe we're in a timeline where this exists. Like, this is nuts. And I don't think we understand how good of a problem this is, that we finally have so many shows that it's hard to keep track of all the WLW characters. Right. We put together a list of 31, and of those, just 12 are on broadcast networks. So it's not all on cable. It's not all on the networks where people can... You know, experiment a little more. A lot of these are actually on the CW, which is really cool, and some of the other broadcast networks as well. Yeah, Freeform has uh, is another big member of that. Um, so we're just going to kind of spend the episode going through all these 30-some shows. <laughs> I mean, can you believe that, though? 30? 30. Right. Before when, when we was... used to have, like, two. When I was, like, 21, I, we were lucky to have, like, one or two. And I know, like, the quote-unquote, and this is probably going to be my one negative community talking point in this entire episode, the quote-unquote Tumblr discourse or online discourse is yeah. we are so ignored, which we're still underrepresented as a whole. But I think we've latched on to the we are so ignored, nobody makes shows for us, that we kind of miss all the sh- some of the shows that are out there. Or we may not know to look for them. So I'm hoping this episode at least kind of helps highlight how far we actually have come, especially in the wake of... You know, the 2016 Spring Slaughter. Because most of these shows have come off since 2017, with yeah. very few exceptions. Yes. And I think the one caveat that I would make is, at the end of the day, it's 30 different shows where you get the full spectrum of characters that are really well done and some that might not be as well done, but that's still 31 shows to pick from, which, again, years ago, there was nothing. And it's super exciting that we can pick our favorite shows and go and talk about different characters. And then still discover more that yeah. we can then go watch. And it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Like that gif with that dude in the glasses that's just out of his mind. Like if you could see me right now, I'm imitating that. <laughs> Someone also honked a car, so they are very with us as well. Yes. Thank you, L.A. Soundtrack I can always count on. 
Anyways, so we're going to go ahead and kick this off. Like I said, we're not... Some of these we'll spend more time on than others just because either our familiarity with them is greater or we like them better or some of them we just haven't seen so we can't talk about as much. But we do want to get to this list, so we're going to go ahead and kick this off, starting with one of our favorites, One Day at a Time. Duh. Something that we will talk about at every... It looks like it comes up at every podcast, because it's just so good and amazing and wonderful, and everyone needs to watch it. And and it's been renewed for a third season. It actually wound yeah. up uh, kind of getting a little bit of spotlight this week after the Roseanne Barr debacle. Huh. Um, when Netflix tweeted out, hey, here's a topical, which Netflix really, you need to take several seats because the men you've employed are not great. And, you know, people in glass houses should not be throwing stones. But they were absolutely right that one day at a time is a topical show that you should be watching. Yes. Especially in response to Roseanne's show being heralded as, you know, the working class um middle America, what have you kind of show, but then one day at a time, it's all about a mom who is divorced and uh, that the PTSD and also, you know, taking care of her family, which is Military vet. That's where that PTSD came from. Um, You know, she's putting herself through schooling on top of everything else. Um, Her mom lives with them. So it's a multi-generational show about uh, Cubano-Americans. Which, uh, you know, and it's about a family of color, which I also really like. So I I think the important thing you'll see as we go down this list is it is very uh, not all white. It's It's representative. Yes, it's a very representative list of this kind of rise of, yes, there are more people in our community than just, you know, white women loving women, which is good that we acknowledge that finally. Yes. And also, we just love Elaine. Elena. She, yes. Elena is incredible. And I think really, for the W, w community, um, representative of a lot of us. You know, she's nerdy. She's kind of awkward. She has no idea what's going on. And she's just learning as she grows, just like the rest of us did. And yeah, are doing. You know, she obviously finds... Her friends, not necessarily at school, at least we see in the second season, but, you know, right. she meets more of them online, which, you know, for a lot of us, we found our friends online. So I think that's a nice little kind of, um, I don't want to say niche, but it's a very little small true to life component. Yes. And I think, um, and of course, not only what I can't remember the quote specifically, but in response to someone asked, why did they bring fandom into it? And one of the writers was saying, you know, my daughter's really involved with fandom and it makes sense that Elena would be as well. So it's fun. It's fun to see that represented too. Right. I actually think we got to ask him that at a Clexicon. Yes. 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 Yeah. Lisa, one of our, uh, press, uh, representatives there actually got to ask him that. And he said it was because his daughter, he was drawing inspiration for her, which, again, very accurate. Yes. So we're going to move on uh, because, you know, we could talk about one day at a time all day. And <laughs> we don't have the time for that. Uh, keeping with the time theme, though, is Once Upon a Time. Yeah, now, I know the show just ended, like literally just ended. But if you're like me, I started off the first and second season really excited for that show. And then it just kind of like cracked in the it- punch bowl. 
Yes. It was a it was a time and a half, but at the end, uh, they managed to get a pretty awesome couple of characters, which Corey can talk about more because I haven't seen it actually. I did, and I was I am so stinking angry that they managed to give us such a good pairing in the last freaking season. Right. Um, that's Alice slash Tilly and Robin slash Margot because you know there's curses going on, so there's alter egos, <laughs> but um. One thing I really liked about that was Alice slash Tilly. She was, um, you know, kind of an Alice in Wonderland character, and they play her as, you know, like, oh, she's a little bit of a cloud cuckoo lander. But they also play it up as she even says, and I really like this, she's like, you know, I never know what kind of day it's going to be when I wake up. Some days I wake up and everything's really good, and then some days I wake up, and it's not. And she's telling right. this to Margot slash Robin. Um, and she says, you know, she didn't want her to see the not good days yet because not everybody can handle that. And Robin just very calmly says, I get that, but you don't have to worry about me. I can handle, you know, whatever day it is. Mm-hmm. And as far as like... It's not a complete comparison to relationships where one one of the couples is struggling, you know, with physical or mental issues. But it was a really, really lovely allusion to it, which mm-hmm. I'm really surprised the one Once Upon a Time writers somehow pull out of their butts. Yes. But it was very touching and very grounded, kind of real to life of, like, yeah, this is something certain couples have to deal with. Right, and, um, and I think this... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, especially in the context of what's happening with the characters and the curses, I mean, there's there's just a lot of layers to that, and whether the writers did that on purpose or not, it comes through really well, because I have mm-hmm. seen that scene. I looked it up on YouTube, and it's just very, like, it, it's just very realistic, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. So, again, like, I'm very surprised once upon a time pulled this out of their butts and got to have this and maybe I should be glad it's ending because it means they couldn't screw it up right I'm just really sad I won't get to see these two anymore because they were just I don't want to say so pure because you know they obviously had their own flaws they were realistic characters but they were so freaking cute right and And this is after I'm gonna miss them right and this is after the show uh tried to do a thing and with Mulan and Aurora and just it was a lot and it was bad that and never so went anywhere and then they right. had Red Riding Hood and Dorothy of Oz get together in like the space of two episodes and we never saw them again right the difference so getting this, this was it was long it was a full season arc and you really get to develop or the you the writers really develop them and it's just it's sad that they're gone yeah I mean they were complex characters. They had their own backstories. We got to see them. You know, they had complicated relationships with their families, and they just fleshed them out as real characters. And I don't have them anymore, and I'm really sad. <laughs> so. Um. But, going off of that, we do get Black Lightning again in the fall, which is Yay! really exciting. Hopefully with more Grace Choi. Yes, more Thunder Grace. Uh, Selima Kiel has talked about wanting to bring Tal back, so hopefully we'll be getting an announcement soon about maybe her being a series uh, recurring regular or even a series regular. 
But that's always really exciting because Ennis is awesome. You know, we've talked about her multiple times. Black, dark skin, bulletproof, bulletproof lesbian superhero doing the thing, which is great. I mean, well, you and I spent an entire episode of this podcast uh, <laughs> over Black Lightning. Um, there's not a lot that we haven't already said about it outside of, like, you really need to watch it if you haven't. And now's the perfect time to catch up on season one. It should, should be on Netflix already and available on all the other streaming websites and whatnot. So go watch it. Yay. All right, moving on. And again, it's not <laughs> because we don't like Black Lightning. It's just we've talked about it so much. Yes. And we have 25-something shows to talk about in some way before we end. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, moving on. Vita on Stars. This is a new one. It just started. Uh, Sarah on our site uh, reviews it for us, so you can catch her recaps over there. But, oh, my goodness, this show. It's incredible. Um, The cast are phenomenal for their roles, but I really want to talk about the creator and the writers. Uh, Tanya Siracho. She got an all-Latin writer's room. Which is just amazing. And they're all, it's not a, just all Latin, like, I think, what did she say, like, half of them are queer? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are people who are quite literally writing reality for us to right. watch. And every director is either a woman of color or a Latinx, which is awesome. So Stars really supported Tanya's work, which is amazing, because you never see that. Right, and Vita, um, obviously, it's about... Two sisters, Emma and Lynn, uh, they're from the east side of Los Angeles, and they basically have to kind of go home again when their mother dies. So we're seeing, there, there's a lot, there is just a lot going on with this show. We, we see like gentrification, um, race issues, class issues, um... I know Emma especially is having to reconcile with her mother because we find out Vita was not exactly straight either. She had her own partner, Eddie. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is, is when Emma was younger, her mother sent her away twice because she found out she was gay. So Emma, especially as far as this whole thing with her mother goes there is a lot to unpack there is there is so much to unpack and we're only just starting to see this but i have been blown away with how deftly the show is handling all of these layers it's really cool because this is just another example of why having writers that reflect the characters is so important because they're pulling from their own experiences. And I read some of the interviews with a lot of the writers, and a lot of them have had moments where the parents weren't talking to them, and some have reconciled and some haven't. And in the context of the story, not being able to reconcile and having to go back for a funeral and then finding out your mom was actually married for two years is a huge deal. And uh-huh. balancing all of that with the political commentary and the socioeconomic commentary, Vita is just incredible. Yeah, so you should watch it, obviously. That's what we're saying. We're saying go watch it if you haven't already. (laughs) And you can get caught up. You can read the reviews here on our site. We'll have a link for you down in the article comment body place. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'm on day four. Give me a break. Uh, Moving on from there, there's Gronish, which I have not seen anything of. So I don't know if Corey has a specific comment Um, or if she just wants to say that there's a character there. There's a specific character on Gronish. Obviously, this is the spinoff from Blackish. Um, on Freeform, Nomi is openly bisexual, and I like how the show handles her and the fact that she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also shows that even bisexuals can have their own hang-ups about fellow bisexuals, especially bisexual women with bisexual men. Yeah, And I really liked how they called out Nomi kind of playing into that internalized biphobia against bisexual men. And they didn't, you know, demonize her for it, but it was a nice call-out, especially because bisexual women have our own issues that we have to deal with, so I like that they called out that, why are you adding to somebody else when you already have this mountain of crap? Right, right. And I think especially with media, um, bisexual men are actually one of the least represented as far as LGBT characters go, so I think, I mean, again, who knows if the writers knew that, but I think it's an important conversation to be having. Right. Um, moving on, I'm going to let Sahara talk about this. So there's another freeform show, Siren, which is all about mermaids. And I have seen the first season. There's a lot that's really good. And there's a lot that's, you know, an interesting time. Um, but what's really <laughs> cool about Siren is uh, one of the characters, the mermaid that comes ashore first, is um, figuring out her emotions and her relationships with uh, humans, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's a scene where she kisses one of the main female characters, and the show doesn't really comment on it as much as it's just love is uh, different things, and she says that the character is love, and she also kisses another main character who's a man, and so it's interesting to see that the mermaid is just exploring, and as she figures out what she's doing in the context of the larger show that there might be, um, in the future, a polyamorous couple between these three characters, and then also just having a character explore sexuality without really labeling it as anything specific, I think is interesting, because it's great to have labels, but then it's also nice to see some kind of realistic exploration, because sometimes people don't know. And in this context, she's a mermaid, so she definitely has no clue <laughs> what's happening in the human sense of, of, of how you know humans approach relationships. So I think it's definitely a show worth watching, um, but there are some moments where I'm kind of like, mm, you can tell that the writer's room is all white and all abled, but I would say watch it and then come back and tell me what you think about it. And then hope that uh, they bring some new blood in for the second season. Yes. Um, we're going to move on. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because... Are we on the fundamentals? We talk about Supergirl probably ad nauseum at this point, um, <laughs> but obviously um, Alex exists. Uh, Maggie is gone. At some point, I would really like to see them. Uh, I, I don't want it to be Alex somehow just adopts Ruby and that's all we ever see is her being a mom anymore. Um, I would really like to see her get a new love interest in the next season. I don't think it's going to happen by the end of the season, but next season we really need to see her get back up on that horse again. Otherwise there's going to be some unfortunate implications. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
And I don't know if this is going to happen, but, you know, we posited this when Charmed was casting, and maybe the new trans actress, the trans character that they are casting a trans actress for might also be a woman loving woman. I don't know if they'll do that, but that would be an interesting time. So maybe that's yes. in the universe now. <laughs> but either way, Alex needs to get I would prefer those partner. two characters not be together just from reading the sides yes. for the new one because she is younger. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. So... But it would be an interesting. It would be interesting to have, even if they don't get together. Yeah. You know. No, more than one is great. That's fantastic. So, that would um, be fun. Moving on, Legends of Tomorrow, we also, we obviously have everyone's favorite bisexual, Sarah Lance, um, who is now currently in a relationship with um, a self-aware clone, Ava. <laughs> That's but, a I mean, <laughs> It's not even the weirdest thing on the show. The season finale had them all turning into a giant talking animatronic stuffed teddy bear that defeated an evil demon, so, I mean... It's fine. It's just, if just watch it. If you want a really campy show with some WLW content, then obviously Legends of the Fall. Leg- oh my goodness. Legends <laughs> of Tomorrow. <laughs> no, no. Don't go watch Legends of the Fall. That one is not going to be for you. Um, Legends of Tomorrow will be up your alley, though. And also, as an aside, they're bringing on John Constantine as a regular, and they are going to let him be bisexual in this iteration so that's also really cool because we just talked about there's not being a lot of bisexual male characters so we do get to see um constantine next season as well so it's going to be the captain hms bisexuality over there (laughs) we'll see we'll see how it goes um because this wasn't the one next on our list but we're also getting batwoman at some point during a crossover, so hopefully yes. they will keep her true to her character. And the DC TV will be a time. Sahara and I have talked about if they do not make her a lesbian and Jewish, we are going to be raising the pitchforks. Yeah. Um, we are going to move on to on. the next one on our list, though. Nine one one. This is the Ryan Murphy show on Fox with you know Queen Angela. Um, she unfortunately is not the WLW character, but that one is actually uh, Hen or Henrietta Wilson, played by Aisha Hines. Oh, cool. And her wife is played by Tracy Toms, which I absolutely love. Um, please tell me you know who Tracy Toms is. I am looking. Yes, yes, yes. Because I knew the name, but I didn't know the face, and so I was like, wait. From yes, Rent. She's amazing. She's incredible. So, I mean, this isn't her first time, obviously, <laughs> having a lady love interest. But I, I just love Tracy Toms, and I love whenever I get to see her. Um, right. You know, Aisha Hines, I really enjoy uh, watching her as well. So I'm glad. Um, you know, she was Harriet Tubman on Underground, Aisha Hines yeah. was, if you're wondering yeah. why that name sounds familiar. Um so I'm glad we get to see more of them, hopefully coming up on the second season of 911. And again, like also watch it because Angela Bassett, I I just love her. She's uh, incredible. <laughs> uh, moving on, this one is one of the older shows on this list, but it seems to get overlooked a lot, which I think is really sad. And this is fresh off the boat. I have not seen this, but I know of Nicole. Uh, yeah, uh, Nicole, um, she initially starts off as Eddie Wong's crush, and then she becomes his friend because they're neighbors. 
And he's the first one that she comes out to. And that whole scene in the car where he's processing, mm-hmm. I thought was just handled really well of it's a little odd for him and mind-blowing. And he gets out of the car and you think there's going to be this big rift. And he just comes back in. He's like, okay, what stays in the car happens to the car. And he just starts asking her all these questions. And it's okay again. And, you know, you see later in the series... He and his friends are at a coffee shop because there's this girl that Nicole has a crush on and she doesn't know how to ask her out or ask her for her number. And it's just this adorable with Eddie and they're they're drinking all this coffee to try and figure out how (laughs) to ask her out. And it's just so sweet. And even when Nicole comes out to her stepmom, Honey, in the lesbian bar um <laughs> all the lesbians in there like they know when that conversation is going to happen and they're like go get the cop this could go either way we need to be ready and honey is just she hugs her and it's so sweet and obviously you have jessica like <laughs> women can't be gay and <laughs> suddenly Oy. she has a big awakening um, but it's just handled really well, and it's funny, and it's poignant, and it's not overly dramatically done. It's just kind of and, very matter-of-fact, like, okay, this is part of our lives now. Right, and I think what's really important about this character is that she's one of the younger characters, because outside of Elena, the rest of the people we've talked about so far are all grown adults. And so I think it's really important for families watching this with their kids, because Fresh Off the Boat is one of ABC fam- ABC families. ABC's family-oriented shows, it's really mm-hmm. awesome to have that. Right. Um, moving on, we have Jane the Virgin. This show's been <laughs> on for a while, but the pairing we're specifically referring to is fairly new. That's Petra and, like, Jane 2.0, uh, played by Rosario Dawson, who, by the way, actually apparently came out on her Instagram like a day yeah. or two ago. Starting off Pride Month with an awesome repost of this really cool Pride song and just saying that she is part of the community and it's really cool and it adds a whole new layer to JR's character and Petra's character who up until this point had always been shown um, being interested in men. And honestly for me, almost makes up for the other woman loving woman couple which unfortunately okay um, we're not mentioning that couple as a couple you should watch on here obviously watch perpetra and jr because they're adorable and super wholesome and i love them right um and again they are honestly kind of the antithesis of the couple that shall not be named of (laughs) you know they hold each other accountable but they also realize they're willing to make sacrifices for each other yeah and make changes for each other because they think the other person is important and worth doing that for. Like, no spoilers, but JR literally at the end, like, comes and does something awesome in the season finale, so you need to watch it. But also, I mean, come on, it's Rosario Dawson. Like, you should be watching it anyway. She (laughs) is busy. I mean, she's got all these Netflix shows. She's got Jane the Virgin. Like, does she sleep? Honestly, I don't think any of them sleep. Well, okay, maybe the rest of them, but, I mean, her schedule has got to be just absolutely crazy. Well, honestly, it reminds me of Tessa Thompson. She's in everything now, and I'm just like, this is so cool, but also, all of you should take a nap. I'm worried for you. 
maybe they do like what is it those uh sleep cycles where you train yourself to be oh, up yeah. for x amount of days or hours at a time and then you get like a really intense 30 minute or an hour long nap yes i feel like i need to tweet and ask them that but moving <laughs> on um because otherwise we'll just you know keep talking about rosario dawson and jr who's dope winona earp which i have not watched in ages so Corey, this is all you okay this is another show we talk a lot about on the Fundamentals. Uh, Gretchen reviews this. Uh, we'll have a link to her previous reviews from last season on here. Um, if you want to go read them, and maybe you probably actually should, because the show, the show's third season is going to be coming back very soon, I believe next month. Oh, on wow, okay. So, yeah, doing a little primer probably wouldn't hurt. Um, and obviously there's the fan favorite way hot ship on there. I mean, there's not a lot I can talk about that we haven't talked about either on the site or mentioned on another podcast or on this podcast, but obviously we can't leave Winona Earp off the list. Otherwise some of you guys are going to come for It's like, where's Winona? (laughs) So yes, she exists. Most of you probably do watch her. Uh, so this is our due diligence of saying, yes, this is another show you could be watching, but you probably already are. Um, next up, and we're going to move along because, again, there's not a lot I, we can say about Winona that we haven't. Uh, next up on the list is Sweet Bitter. Uh, this is also a newer Stars show. And there's actually um, the character on here, Ariel or Ari, um, played by Eden Epstein. She's... Uh, a lesbian and she's kind of a womanizer and I say right now I'm watching I'm kind of taking this with a grain of salt because I don't know where they're gonna go with her because this show is new um it like there's only been like five episodes right well it premiered on May 6th so this is another one like Vita that's new so we're still seeing where this is going and I'm I tentatively think Ariel is an Ari is an interesting character I am terrified that she's going to wind up like a Shane from the L word no but it's super 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 early so I'm like I really don't want to judge right now so here's an option if you want to go watch a show Sweet Bitter from Stars. just be careful that I don't know where they're going to go with this character what is Sweet Bitter about, for those of us who don't know? Uh, Sweet Bitter, it's one of those prestige, like, they have a ton of um, executive producers on this. One of them is, like, Brad Pitt. Oh. And it's about this character, Tess, who arrives in New York City, and she gets this job at, like, this huge historic downtown restaurant and she's kind of introduced to the underworld of New York you know like drugs and alcohol and love and sex and food and she's kind of having to learn how to navigate this kind of new darker world she's in Interesting. So essentially everything that's haram until I'm done with Ramadan. (laughs) Yeah, no, during Ramadan you shouldn't, you probably well it's not horrible sure but like there are some parts where i've skipped over until after okay good to know so like if you're watching it and you're watching it on your computer like have your fingers on the pause button 
<laughs> awesome. If you're not, you know, observing Ramadan, then, you know, obviously it's to your taste. <laughs> Speaking um, of having you figure out the pause button, the next one. Okay, Killing Eve. I am so conflicted. The show is amazing. Villanelle as a character is amazing. The fact that she is a murderous, we're led to believe kind of psychotic assassin who is also bisexual, I have a major issue with. Because of that trope. You know, the evil, crazy, bisexual uh, female yep. trope. Yep. I, you know, I want to see what you guys think about this. Um, you know, I remember when I saw High Tension back in college, and that really profoundly had a not good effect on me. And I don't know if it's just because that impacted me so badly, or... I, I don't know. I am supremely conflicted about this show. It's difficult because I think, as as general commentary on media, we don't really get to see murderous women without it being like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in that she's also bisexual, and there's also you know the other characters. And I haven't watched it because I'm waiting until Ramadan is over to marathon it. And I am um, violent sometimes. I can't do, but it's I completely understand being conflicted. Like I think like a lot of people I know really love it, but I'm also just like, mm, can we Isn't not? It- If you're a bisexual woman and you grew up when the crazy bisexual trope was really prevalent, then this show is going to make you uncomfortable. That's what I'll say. You know, obviously your mileage might vary. And hey, leave us a note in the comments if you think differently. I I would love to hear what you guys think about it. For me personally, I'm very conflicted. And then there's the next one, which I also haven't seen. The next few are ones where I need to, like, watch the episodes. Okay, so the next one is for the people. (laughs) And it's that drama... Okay, Sahara and I have talked about... We don't know how this show got renewed. (laughs) Its ratings are so bad, y'all. But it's a Shondaland show. It's the last one that she did before she's moving on to Netflix. It's a legal show, so I guess they want to have another one in case How to Get Away with Murder ever ends. Um, But one of the characters is pansexual, right? Well, no, okay, so the, the, the bleh, 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 I can talk. So there's two characters on here, Kate Littlejohn oh, okay. and Anya Ooms. Okay. Um, so there's two, actually two women on here, but one of the actresses, Caitlin Stacy, is pansexual. I see. So you have a case of a, you know, queer woman playing a queer character, which is kind of nice. Um, awesome. But again, the show is... If you like the, your courtroom shows, then you might like this. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but again, like if you're a nut for court procedurals, you you might really like this. And at the very minimum, it got renewed, so at least you know you're getting two seasons out of it. Yes, it's not like me telling you to go watch Once Upon a Time when you know it's going to end, <laughs> but it's just so good you have to watch it anyway, and then be sad. But you should still go watch it anyway. <clears throat> Another one on this list, also network, which is really cool. So we just had a couple of network shows. It's Station Nineteen. It's Actually, the other same network. Show. Same network. Yeah, on ABC. ABC. Um, it's the other Shondaland show. So both of these were this year. It's the Grey's Anatomy spinoff set in the the fire department, and Maya is the character. Yeah, Maya and I've Bishop. Seen a couple of gifs, but I don't know much about her. Okay, so it's Maya Bishop. She's played by Danielle, and I'm really sorry if I butcher her last name, Savre. 
Okay. And she is a bisexual woman, and she's a close friend of Andy. And she, what I really liked about her is she references her partners throughout season one. Awesome. Um, and it's the third episode where she's referencing them, and she references that she has male and female partners. So, uh, so far, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of them kind of being like, yeah, how many partners she's had? Because, mm-hmm. you know, tropes. But I do like that you see a bisexual woman talking about, like, yeah, I've dated men and women. And just openly talking about having dated men and women. So, and yeah, I like it. And, uh, you know, she's the best friend of the main character, so it's not like she's insignificant to the show. Right. I know nothing about this next one. I've never even heard of this show. Okay, so Collateral. This was on Netflix, came out in March. It's a hmm. mini-series. I'm not sure if they're going to do another season of it, but it's British. It was, it's a British show, so you can watch it on Netflix. And it stars uh, Carrie Mulligan, and it's about London detectives chasing, like, this murder case. Hmm. But the two characters in particular on this... Um, if I hold on, give me just a second. It's hard. These shows always have so many characters. I know. Oh. Anyway, the two characters on here. Uh, one is Lynn, and again, I'm sorry if I butcher the pronunciation for this. I'm I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying. <laughs> this gold is destroying her. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so. She is in a relationship with Jane, uh, Jane Oliver. She's a vicar. Oh, cool. And, yeah, so I, I like this from the kind of religious aspect they bring to it. So Jane Oliver, played by Nicola Walker, and she's in a lesbian relationship with Lynn, who is an illegal immigrant. And it originally wow. aired on BBC Two. So if you're in the UK, you probably saw it there. But, um, it, it depends on, you know, if you like your British TV or not, it, it is distinctly British. So you may like this. You may, it may not be your cup of tea. Uh, okay. That, that was not intended. Um, it may, not, so be your, today, it may <laughs> not be your thing, but you can go catch on Netflix again. It's called Collateral. So, the next show we have on here, actually, is talk more about our favorite upcoming show. It's Charmed? You can't watch it yet, but you're going to get to watch it this fall. Charmed. I don't even know, like, what to say that we haven't already. It's got Latina sisters, one of them's a lesbian, she's got a girlfriend who's a detective. The trailer was really cool, in my opinion. I'm just really excited to see them kick butt, save the world, and, you know... Be lesbians together because it's great. So everyone should watch it in the fall. Can, can I just say, like, for the OG Charmed fans, like, I get that you loved your show, but like, let's let something new breathe. Yes. Can can, can we not? Can we not do this? Especially because we're gonna see three Latina witches. Or, you know, brujas, however you want to refer to it. Um, 
so I think that culturally specific, I think it's something really new that'll be brought to the table. And also ties back in with the uh, creator of Vita, who apparently has her own, another show in development specifically about that. So, you know, maybe 2018 slash 2019 season is going to be the season of the witch and it'll be awesome. Speaking of which, we didn't, ha ha, oh my god, we're so funny today. We didn't add the witch show that's coming out on Sky One, which is all about um, a set of lesbian witches helping, I think, like, their niece? I'm not sure. It's See, called The Discovery of the that one, too. I forgot about it. I'm not counting <laughs> Sabrina, because that show looks like a tire fire. Um, no, yeah, and that's, not, I don't think that's going to have any. Anyways, the point is, yeah. Discovery of Witches, Charmed, it's all about the genre shows coming back, and... Alex We're Kingston here for it, especially for witches, getting away from the zombies and vampires and getting into the sisterhood. Yes, yes. Um, speaking of, well, actually, I don't think Counterpart has anything to do with sisterhood. I take that no. back. That's the, like, sci-fi. I added on here. Okay, Counterpart is a show that came out on Stars. also. Um, our first season came out, like, December 2017. And it's that sh- it was that show with J.K. Simmons where oh okay you know there's like those two realities, but it does have um, one of the assassins, uh, Sarah Sariocho, I think her character is Nadia Fierro um, slash Baldwin. Uh, her character is a woman loving woman, and there's two other smaller characters on there too as well but the main one is for Nadia which again you kind of have like crazy slash evil bisexual or queer woman which I'm not super okay with but the show is actually really intriguing so I'm wanting to see where they go with it I also um wanted to say I think what's interesting about this list is we've got some genre shows but we've also got our usual you know court case shows <laughs> sorry I know. Um, that's great the soundtrack to this podcast is wonderful um and so it's awesome because it used to be that only cable would have the characters right and it would always be one-off characters and it was specifically in like sci-fi or fantasy where you know it would make sense that the cable networks were pushing the envelope but now we've got so many I'm here, oh 12, <laughs> 12 that are doing um, these characters, and a lot of them, if not the majority of them, are series regulars or leads, which is a huge deal. So, well, just wanted right. to make that Actually, comment. that just reminded me of a show I forgot to put on this list, and that's Madam Secretary. Oh, right, yes, which uh, is also Sarah, network. Yeah, it's also CBS. Uh, C- uh, Sarah Rodriguez, her character, Kat Sandoval. Huh? Oh, Ramirez. Sarah Ramirez. Duh. Sorry, Sarah Ramirez. Her character, Kat Sandoval, on there is openly queer as well. So that's another one you might be interested in watching. And it's a lot of fun because who doesn't want a lady secretary of state? I mean, it's your it's your political show, but it's fun in the way they do her they do her character. They um, introduce her character and the way the writers talk about her character and um, follow through with her this season that she was interested, introduced in is really good. I really like it. I'm... CBS is my problematic fave of a network, so I usually watch, like, half their shows, and I really like it. And then moving away from network to streaming, we've got Runaways, which is coming back soon. On we've Hulu. talked about that. On um, Hulu. We've talked about that as Carolina well. Carolina and Nico. Um, 
Now, here's the thing. I Season 2, there's a lot of debate on if they're going to go like full scale with Carolina and Nico and cut out Zaven. Or if they're going to bring in Zaven. And I'm of the camp where I have to fall on the side of, like, let's cut Zaven out. Which, yes, Zaven is a person of color in the comics. And I would love to have more POC on the show. But how... Zaven is handled is so many shades of icky. I honestly think the show should kind of not do it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the situations where um, with a lot of these shows, you know, if you're going to do it, do it really right. And so if they do bring in Zaven, and I haven't read the comics, but I've read enough to know that it's just one of those situations where the writers really need to do their research and do it well. So well, we'll see what it happens. came out ago long enough where there also wasn't as much discourse on this. Where if they right. did it now, I don't think it would fly. Right. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Season two is going to be coming up before too long. Um, obviously, if you want, you can go recatch uh, recap season one on Hulu. Uh, next one, she's got to have it. And this is the Netflix. Um, show kind of based off of the movie um this one I think I haven't seen all of it I know it got renewed I have yet to finish it but I really wanted to put it on here because we have two uh women of color ooh that's exciting which I mean and I'm surprised at how many women of color are on the list we've made so far because, you know, I said at the beginning of this episode that it's really nice that they're not all white. Right. But I, I like specifically for this one, the two women we do have are of color. So I need to finish watching it. I started watching it this week uh, when we were kind of going over what we wanted to talk about. And I just need to get it done. <laughs> so to speak. Um, but yeah, Nola Darling and Opal Gilstrap, uh, played by DeWanda Wise. And I'm really sorry, Elfinish Hedera? Um, Nola, she is, as far as we know, she says she's pansexual. Opal is a lesbian and they're in a relationship with each other. Now, I haven't finished the first season, so I can't tell you where this goes. But so far... So, you know, I want to finish the season, so obviously that means something. Are they both, both black women? Um, well, Dewanda is, um, Elf- Hedera is Ethiopian. Okay. Because um, I know nothing I, about this show, so I was just wondering. Yeah, I believe her father was an Ethiopian refugee. Oh, okay. And her mother is... I am frantically consulting Wikipedia right now. Kim Nicholas? I have no idea who that is. But yeah, she's, uh, I guess you'd say she's biracial. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably, cool. Cause... Yeah, she's been in other stuff. Like, she was in Deception that got canceled. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I know who she is now. Okay. See, I should have led with Deception, and then you would have immediately known, because you're like all things TV. 
Yeah, I know. I'm really good at all of the broadcast network stuff, and that's why a lot of the like cable shows that Corey's been bringing up, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Or I've seen GIF sets because I follow like people on Tumblr, but I haven't actually watched. Did you just say GIF? Yes. No, it's okay. This is this is a this is a moving on to Mindhunter, which I also haven't seen. (laughs) So Corey, (laughs) I can't believe you did this. You can't just drop GIF and move on. We're going to move on, though, because we're running out of time. Mindhunter. This is another Netflix one. Um, This one actually has Anna Torv in it as Wendy, and she is in a secret, closeted relationship with her head of staff, um, Annalise. And if you like those, like, kind of true crime, let's figure out how how they do the crime things, this show is for you. Um, If you don't like learning about how barbaric humans are to other humans then you should probably skip this one so this is one of those you should just look up the cute videos and um unless you're really into that thing (laughs) unless if you're really into that it's probably right up your alley oh i got it so Uh, what about ghost wars we're gonna move on i'm gonna let you talk about this one i don't know anything about it the ball type Sorry, I was looking. <laughs> I know everything was bull type. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, Ramadan break. So bull type Kadina, they're coming back. Super excited. Um, they're gonna do a lot more about both Kat and Adina's identities as black woman and a lesbian Muslim hijabi woman, you know, respectively, and their relationship together. I'm really excited about it. The promos have been coming out. It's coming back. Uh, I think it's end of the month. Oh, I should know the states. Sorry, guys, but then it is there. Um, and I'm just really excited to see what they do with her because Adina's great and I love her as a Muslim hijab wearing person myself. Okay. okay, now Ghost Wars, which I don't know anything about. Sorry. Okay, this is a sci-fi show, so it's on cable. Um, this is for the one of the more major characters, Val. She's the mayor of the town, and she is a lesbian married to her wife, who is the town doctor. So if you like sci-fi cool. stuff and you want to see more queer women, then... Pardon me, Ghost Wars is another show on sci-fi that can give you uh, a married lesbian couple. Interesting. This pattern of uh, CW and ABC and Freeform and stars and sci-fi. It's a good time. Um, Dear white people, uh, I actually have not seen all of this, but I know there are two um, women-loving women characters, Nakia and Monique, on there. Now, if you guys have seen these shows... You know, feel free to comment. Like, if you have seen Dear White People and want to upgrade me for having not watched it yet in the comments, please, by all means, go tell me how great the show is. Yes, especially because then we know whether or not the shows are shows we should necessarily be recommending. You know, especially because, like, anything not on broadcast TV, you apparently have not. <laughs> I'm just so thinking... <laughs> Um, speaking of streaming, there's also The Handmaid's Tale, which is The Handmaid's Tale. Um, your mileage may vary with that one. And then there's uh, a good fight. Lisa which... has written on it. I'll link one of her articles. She's actually written quite a bit of it about that for our site, so I'll link one of her articles on there. Um, the Good Fight, uh, that's also a CBS, that's, that's their all-access, like, streaming channel. That one, obviously, Maya Mitchell, played by Rose Leslie, um... It's another courtroom procedural, and it was like the spinoff of The Good Wife. So, yeah, if you if look at like court that. procedurals, one of the main characters is a lesbian. 
And then we go back to the CW with Riverdale with Cheryl and Tony, which now, I uh, know that's... you watch that show. So this is one of those your mileage may vary. I think that Cheryl and Tony are definitely really um, interesting characters, and I like what they're doing mostly. Um, but Cheryl and Tony, Tony is introduced as um, being bisexual, if I remember correctly. And then Cheryl, um, who up until this point has only been shown to show interest in men, realizes that she has a crush on Tony, and this season ends with them, you know, embarking on a relationship together. And then their star, which I have not seen, so I don't know anything about it, <laughs> but it's on uh, Empire. It airs after Empire on Fox. The, now, the interesting thing with Star is two of these characters are actually transgender women. Oh, that's awesome. So... I really wanted to add this on here because we have uh, mo- the characters we've got on here are by and large cisgender unless like explicitly said otherwise. I know when um, one day at a time Elena's girlfriend is non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the characters we're seeing they're still um, cisgender. So I really wanted to add Star on this list. Now obviously Simone is not exactly straight, but uh, Cotton is the transgender daughter of Queen Latifah's character. And then Miss Bruce is uh, transgender as well. So I really... I like the show for nothing else than the amount of depth with representation we get. I guess and I know what I'm watching. And we also have, like, it's trans women playing trans women. Right, which is a huge deal. So, I mean, f- for nothing else than that, then, you know, kudos right there. Um, and then you added All-American, and I don't know yeah. what So All-American is another show coming out. It's also on the CW. It's actually the only other show airing in the fall alongside Charmed. And Breezy, who you might recognize from, um, I want to say she was an Empire, actually. Her character, she's a lesbian in real life, and her character is also a lesbian. So we don't know anything about her beyond that, but at least we know we've got some more characters coming. And that was the last one on this list, so that puts us at 33 shows, which is pretty awesome. So if you guys have seen them, please let us know what you think. If and we missed I, a show on here, obviously, yeah. like, we're primarily basing this from, like, American broadcast TV, so obviously right. there's probably other shows, like... In Europe or... uh, Just anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere, like, outside of this small market sampling we gave you, which is actually a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be when I started making this list. But, yeah, if we miss shows, like, pop it in the comments and be like, hey, I can't believe y'all missed this. This show is blah, blah. You can find it here, and these characters are awesome. Or, you know, if you have seen some of these shows that we haven't been able to watch all the way through which is a good problem to have because there's so many of them you know you can be like hey i know you haven't watched it all the way through be careful about this episode there's some stuff in here especially for you Corey, if you don't like the evil bisexual tropes part or you know for ramadan or whatever (laughs) so i mean yeah there's some stuff we're not watching at the moment but that's okay we'll watch it afterward I also, real quick, just want to follow up. I wanted to double check. Um, I don't think, so Breezy has played multiple lesbian characters and is part of the community, but I don't know what she identifies as. So I just want to clarify okay. that part. 
But she'll be on All American, which if you're into football and um, it's another Berlanti show, and if you're into his shows, which I mean, at this point, he should have his own network. It's happening in the fall. <laughs> yeah, and it's on the C. Honestly, on the CW, like the amount, I think every single one of their char- their shows has at least one LGBT character at this point, which is mm-hmm. kind of amazing. All but I Zombie. So yes, it'll be exciting to see how all of them one has some kind of LGBT representation. Like, what kind of world are we... I know we're living in the darkest timeline as far as other events are concerned, but as far as media (laughs) representation goes, we're living in a pretty decent one. Yeah. And it's... I mean, it's definitely getting better as more and more writers are finally doing what they need to and adding more characters. And it's exciting to see just how far we've come and how we keep pushing all of our media creators to keep doing that and being better. It's exciting. And obviously, we still have to support our shows. Now, obviously, as we have more shows come out, supporting every single one of these is going to be harder. But, you know, when you do have your favorites, make sure that you watch them legally as best you can. And Close find clips on YouTube. Like, if you can, try to watch it legally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we've got for today, right? Well, I would get into how ratings play out, but, like, TV right now is so upside down that I think... Just watch the shows that you like, that you're interested in. Be excited (laughs) there are characters. I'm not going to sit here try and revisit her uh, May Mayhem (laughs) schedule, because that was was a time. That was a time. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Hopefully you liked... Our list, again, if we miss something, let us know. And if you do see something on here that you heard us talking about and you went and watched it and you loved it, let us know about that too. We love introducing people to new media that they may not have noticed. We like being introduced to new media we may not have noticed. It's a win-win. And And have a wonderful week. (laughs) Yeah, also don't forget, uh, like and subscribe to us on iTunes. And we have other podcasts on The Fundamentals. The Fundamentalists. Uh, beneath the screen of the Ultra Critics, and then we also have Unabashed Book Snobbery, which I think has an episode coming out pretty soon. So definitely stick around for that as well. Again, I'm Corey. Sahara was joining me this week. We pushed through with our colds, and I think we did okay. So we're going to go before we burn place down. (laughs) (laughs) Bye!